We've been off for a while, but today enjoy a classic clip from one of our earlier podcasts. We should be back next week with something new. All right, um, moving forward into the NCAA and college football. Where, where do we even begin? Like, there's uh, just so can much. I, can I be the one to say that it's dumb that Alabama's five? Uh, yeah, and it's not even just the fact that Alabama's five, which is ridiculous. Um, it's the fact that they ranked uh, – they keep Mississippi State in as a four-loss team. They're still in the top 25. And then they put in South or not South uh, Fresno State at twenty four. Oh, just happens to be two teams that Alabama has. So then they get to say, "Oh yeah, Alabama. They have wins over these top twenty five teams. They didn't have a shitty schedule. They played these guys. So I know they didn't get they didn't go to a conference title game, but we're still gonna let them in. So fucking dumb." It's pathetic, and it's so blatant. It's so blatant. At this point, there's literally no hiding what the agenda is for this. Not even just this committee, but, like, the NCAA, who sanctioned this from the fucking get-go. And, like, there's going to be – there's already the narrative of – I told you guys this about how, like, everybody's like, we should expand it. We should really, you know, we should make sure that we're all playing, like, even eighth games. We should do quarterfinal games. No. Because then you're just going to keep expanding this deeper and deeper until your top 25 are literally just like all of Alabama's opponents, even non-conference, and then Auburn. No, no. You ready? You ready for this? I've been working on this for a few days now. This is a a new segment called Busy Fixes the Entire uh, NCAA Playoffs. He nukes it. Cue some music. Get up. Come on. Get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Anyway, so here's how you make the playoff objective and perfect. Uh, there's probably going to be some issues with this, and but anyway, here's my here's my suggestion. It's going to be perfect. Step, there's going to be issues with it. Hey man, sorry to I already haven't thought interrupt. it. Into, <laughs> I haven't thought it all the way through. You are but, not sorry, David. Don't apologize. Uh, you count me. God damn you, people. Okay, um, anyway, first step, <laughs> you make it an eight team playoff. And I know I, I agree with your rapid expansion issue, but hear me out. So you have eight teams. I don't have the a P- rapid expansion issue. Hey, talking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what she's, or he said. <laughs> oh my God. So you have eight teams. The uh, five conference championship or conference champions from the Power Five conferences automatically get a bid. They're automatically in. Doesn't matter what ranking they're at. You win your conference, you're into the playoffs. If you're nine and somebody else is eight, but you're nine and you won your conference, tough shit. Eight should have been better. Furthermore, if you are undefeated, regardless of what conference you are in. And you have at least one um, out-of-conference P5 win, so you have to at least have somebody on your schedule. Uh, you automatically are put at the highest ranking. So 
in this case, Wisconsin would probably be number one and UCF would be number two. You're automatically bolstered to the top. So as a G5 team, you have an objective way that you can get into the um, get into the playoffs. It, you have to be undefeated and you have to have at least one P5 win. I think that that's pretty fucking fair. Maybe independence, they have to have nine uh, P5 wins. Just kind of seems fair on that one. For the P5 wins or for... They they have to have at least as an independent you have to have at least uh, you'd have to have at least nine P five wins because that kind of counts as eight conference wins plus your one out of conference. I guess my biggest question is how would you get? I mean, I'm sure that you could get nine Power Five schools to agree to scheduling you as an independent, but you have to like work your Notre, way up to it. Notre Dame does it. Well, yeah, that's true. But BYU I mean, does it. Yeah. Too. Yeah, and like it's kind of your but fault for not being in a conference. Schools. Yeah, and but I think that's fair that you just you have to agree that you have a uh, solid schedule. Now, yes, there's still a subjectivity to the playoff in, in this situation, but there is an objective way for every single team to get into the playoffs. Uh, if you're a P5, you can either well, if you win out, you're automatically in pretty much. Yep. Uh, yeah. And if you and if you don't win out, but you can win your conference, then yeah, that's fine. Well, then we can think... objectively say, oh yeah, I know Auburn has two losses, but they they fit the criteria of they beat they won their ti- their uh, conference title game, pending a win on Saturday. They they won their title game, and that is an objective way that they can get in. So yeah, there's still a, a subjectivity, but there are at least objective ways, which makes it so. Even the teams that get left out, you can say, "Yeah, I know you got left out. You're at the cusp, but uh, yeah, you should you should have won that extra game, and you would have been in. You should have won your conference title, and you would have been in." It just seems more fair. You don't have to have complete objectivity, but give everybody at least an objective way to get in. Yeah, well, because I mean, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to object objectivity. Because right now, I mean, we've had this conversation so many times over the past year of how blatantly not objective the CFP committee is, and I mean, it's it's difficult. I get it because when they first started it out, they wanted it to be, you know, we want people who aren't football ex like, well, not aren't football experts, but aren't like people who are mired in it every single day or the people who, you know, might be able to bring a more rational explanation as to why we're including X team over Y team, blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. when you do that and I mean, you get ADs involved and you get people with like a peripheral knowledge and understanding of the importance of these programs having a shot at a national stage. I mean, that's how you convinced every single team starting back in 2010 that they had to schedule a non-conference opponent at least halfway across the country, if not like literally a 13-hour fucking plane ride away in an international place. That mm-hmm. that was the only way that your team is going to get any recognition whatsoever. Like You need to schedule at least four top 25 teams in order to get any sort of recognition. And yeah, it's true because they made it true. Like they created that narrative to where the school started to believe it. And that's how you get into these facility wars of like, you're never going to get any good recruits if you don't have a locker room with 13 hot tubs and 
40,000 massage chairs. You need to invest all of your money into your facilities and not into giving your student athletes actual credible resources. I mean, that's where it's like the fact that the NCAA still ultimately decides the college football playoff committee. It's not like, I don't know what the process is, but like the fact that it is still overseen by the NCAA is what kind of ultimately needs to change. Absolutely. In order for that to be like an actual institutional change where you're focusing on, yes, the best college football programs in the country. Well, and like, look at the committee, like just to, to continue on what you're saying, like look at the committee that they've put together. Uh, it's f- filled with athletic directors, three of which have t- or, or have had their teams in the playoffs, despite it only being what three, four years old. Uh, four. Clemson, this is the fourth. Four, four years. Okay. Clemson made it twice. Their athletic directors on there. Oregon was in the first one. Their athletic directors on there. Uh, Ohio State made it into the very first uh, playoff in a controversial decision. Yep. And their athletic director is in there, and they try to claim objectivity by saying. Oh, whenever we have somebody that's directly related to a program, they are required then to step out. They rec- they have to recuse themselves from the conversation. So we can't. They can't talk about their team. They're not allowed to be a part of that decision making with their team. Yeah, but that but doesn't lobby the shit out of their other committee members. Exactly. Why and the can... fuck else do you think political action committees are legally like legal and like American politics? Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, let's say I'm. Uh, Let's say I'm Oregon's athletic director, and Oregon has had a magical year. They've come back next year. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> it it's going it's to happen. And they, they're sitting at number five uh, the week before their conference title. Everyone ahead of them wins their conference title. And uh, I'm not, I have to recuse myself when I talk about Oregon because, you know, it's my team. But we're looking at uh, Ohio State that's ranked number four right now. We're going to talk about them. Well, Guys, I don't think that Ohio State's any good. They they they've won some shit games. They've had some close win. Like they're a shit team. I'm going to literally shit all over number four. Yep. When I know that I'm number five right now, yeah. and I, I can recuse myself from number five because I can't talk about my team, but I can shit all over the other teams. That's fine. Exactly. And there's yes, no objectivity to that. Strength of schedule is a totally viable, somewhat objective way to measure. <laughs> You know, each team, somewhat objective, okay, each team's <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> and it, it's, it's somewhat because, I mean, but the thing is, it has become such a complicated mathematical equation that only, I think, like a handful of people really actually understand. Mm-hmm. Like, FPI or all the fucking indexes are so mired in like what the fuck does this even mean like when you're looking at a team's rpi and you're like trying to equate x team over y team over z team i mean i'm sure that there's like for some people it makes mathematical sense because you're talking about okay you're looking at your quarterback efficiency plus your offensive you know capabilities your offensive production versus your defensive whatever the fuck you want to be measuring but it's not mathematical at all. Like I'm no. sure that it started out that way. And I'm sure that somewhere deep in a basement in Indianapolis in the NCAA offices, there's like an old ancient like Macintosh computer 
that still is like churning out why like Clemson is in number one because of like some random obscure statistic that nobody even tracks anymore. It's printing it on a, like a dot matrix printer. Just all this fact. <laughs> exactly. Because oh that whole thing, it, it's, it hasn't been updated to account for the subjective fact that these kids are entirely different nowadays than they used to be back in the days when things like RPI and your original strength of schedule equations were being like formulated. Yeah. So to your point there, uh, Wikipedia, second paragraph, rating percentage index. The RPI lacks theoretical justification from a statistical standpoint. Other ranking systems, which include the margin of victory of games played or other statistics in addition to the win-loss results, have been shown to be a better predictor of the outcomes of future games. However, because the margin of victory has been manipulated in the past by teams or individuals in the context of gambling, the RPI can be used to mitigate motivation for such manipulation. Yeah, uh, fun little anecdote, speaking of. uh, Back in the 1930s, uh, that that was the deciding factor for the you know your margin of victory is the deciding factor for uh, who gets ranked uh, above who. Yeah. And uh, John Heisman was the coach of George was it Heisman. John Heisman. I, I, that I sounds right. Remember. Anyway, Heisman was the uh, coach at Georgia Tech, and yes. he thought that that ranking system was bullshit. And it just so happened that that season. Uh, Cumberland University uh, canceled their program, but because of the timing that they did it, they were still required to play their first game of the season, which was against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, yes. And, and they lost what? 222 to zero. Yep. Biggest blowout in college football history. Or in Jesus. football history. I don't know why I have to say college football. Yeah. Because what happened was they ended up just having to get like a couple of frat bros together to make a team. And, uh, if you look it up, this is I'm I'm pretty sure this is a direct quote. It might be a little bit off. The only successful play was a kind of human pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even like call it a human pyramid. They're like they kind of stacked on each other. The question is which part which which noun were they saying kind of about? <laughs> yeah. The human yeah. kind of pyramid or the kind of human pyramid? <laughs> Really, they just got a couple of those tackle dummies and put a leather helmet on them and said, you know what, we're just going to stand on top of these guys and see what we can do. Yeah. So I like your I like your method, Jay. Um, I I have one issue with it. Uh, Yeah, go for it. It's it's totally open for. What, what what issues are are wrong the with I've just been kind of thinking in my head. The issue comes in deciding uh, who plays in the conference championships of each conference. Why well, do just... we have a Pac-12 North and a Pac-12 South? Because uh, uh, we do. Honestly, such a good question. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I I just want to like come out and be like, well, come on, that's a fucking easy. And then it's like, eh. But it depends on the conference, right? Because like it, uh, it worked out. It worked out this year for the Pac-12, right? USC has the bec- best record. Stanford and Washington have the best records. Stanford beat Washington. Head to it head. works out. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm talking strictly conference record, not overall. Yeah, um, exactly. But well, you'd like you'd, you'd like the uh, Big Twelve then, because Big Twelve has no divisions. The Big Twelve. That's great. Uh, until this until this year, last year, last year. 
last year did not have no. a uh, whenever yeah. did not have a conference title game because what their contention was was well first of all we only have eight teams so we can do this unlike other conferences and that's the real answer is because there are more than eight teams in each conference yeah but uh, because they have such a small they what they do is they just they have everybody play everybody and whoever has the best record and and has the head to head because there will always be a head to head victory uh, they are the outright the outright winner. Well, so this gets into the philosophical Sometimes. debate of the consolidation of like college football power five conferences. Um, when they were starting to talk about realignment a few years ago, ESPN, the mag had this really incredible article <clears throat> about, you know, you're consolidating into these quote power five conferences that are really going to be where all of the college football talent is concentrated that and that was kind of the NCAA's quote unquote solution for fixing the we're not paying these kids problems at the time because yeah. it was like okay these five conferences are going to consist of the most elite football programs they're going to be aligned for that reason also Kansas also <laughs> okay quote unquote <laughs> mostly plus a couple that were grandfathered in because it's like <laughs> Eli Manning we can't just tell you to leave like you've, you've had like three wins in the past 10 years like we can't just be like sorry bye like you're going back down to the American Athletic bye Kansas we need your <laughs> basketball team because otherwise we make no money um well they don't make no money but you know what I mean no yeah they make more um, money with them well, and then you get into the whole thing about like, okay, the ACC, when they did their alignment, they were like, we're going to be the only conference to align based on our basketball programs. And we're not going to be crazy about football. And yet you still have Clemson in like the top four and making two college football playoff tournaments. And you still have at least like one or two outstanding ones. Anyway, so it's Florida like, State. yeah, that too. So just it's Miami's fantastic. there too. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like they were like, hey, you guys are crazy. We're going to do our own thing based off of basketball. Like, no, they still have had football success as a conference because they were able to expand so much to where they make up for like Syracuse and <laughs> whatever else. I mean, I can't say anything yeah. about Syracuse because they'd be Clemson, but whatever. So, <laughs> to uh, answer your question, David, it, 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 it's entirely up to the conference, right? Like, However, the conference feels like they want to put out their champion, then that that's up to them. That's totally good for them. Uh, there was issues before because you know Big Twelve didn't have the, a conference title game, so they so the playoffs committee was like, well, I mean, you guys technically have a champion, but you didn't play a title game, so I can't like give you this thing because you didn't play a big another big player from your conference to finish the season, which is what screwed TCU when. Yeah. Uh, which kept them out of the playoffs the first time before uh, Ohio State ran the table. But Well, yeah. I think it's when you say the conference does what it wants, like having seen how the conference like makes how the conferences make their decisions, like they're really at the will of the school presidents. It's not the ADs. It's I mean, yeah, the ADs have their input as well, but it's the presidents of each of their institutional schools that make these decisions. And mm. It's really interesting because like they'll have the meetings and they'll, you know, go through every single year they go through what quote unquote rule changes, but more like the rule changes kind of come from each program's coaches and they'll meet and whatnot. But 
ultimately it is like university presidents making the call. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the committee is like, you're having these people who, I mean, each university is different, but I'm just going to kind of go on a limb and say most presidents aren't exactly like pro the athletic department because it costs them all so much money. And so many of the alumni never really give back a whole lot Mm -hmm. money wise. And so they're like, well, we need to be able to make up for this huge deficit that's running in our budget because these programs take up a shit ton of money. How can we best do that? And then you have somebody like little Larry Scott peeking his head out of a trash can being like, let's do TV contracts. And the presidents are like, that's genius. Like, let's <laughs> let's sell, our, let's make a title game. Let's make this like the NFL. Everybody loves the NFL, right, guys? And Larry's just over there like, Sure thing, guys. I'll get right on it. And then we have where we're at now. And yeah. Larry doesn't really speak that way. Love and you, Larry Bear, if you ever listen to this. but <laughs> Which he definitely will. He definitely will. The thing I like about conference champions, though, is the, w- the way each conference has it set up is there is an objective way to get into your conference title game. It, it's very cut and dry. Yeah. Yes. And... Yeah, so in my my little playoff scenario where conference champions get in, there that runs the possibility that someone can go undefeated in their conference and lose every single out of conference game. Not likely, but it could happen. So, yeah, you might have a three-loss team sitting at nine and there's only eight teams, but they they won their conference sucks for number 8. Yeah. Right? Like I think I like it in that I like your plan, Jay, and that it gives flexibility and it makes it easier for some teams to get an opportunity to make it in. Yeah. But also, I feel like if that were the way it would be, it would become like, not like an MLB situation, because I mean, obviously the MLB, like you lack the salary cap, you have these these teams that have a shit ton of money, like the Dodgers, and they're still unable to win the World Series but they still make it like Yankee, whatever you have, like these teams that have the money and have the donors and will sink all of it into that. Um, so from that point, it's like, okay, if you're looking at it from a purely statistical, you know, who's winning your conference championship, how can we get the best player? I mean, that's kind of where they're at now. Like still, how do we get the best players? Um, it would, it would, I think they would have to go through a lot more rule changes regarding recruiting. Yeah. Um, to allow for that if you're just going strictly based off of conference championships. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I totally agree. And, because, um, yeah, that's the other thing is recruiting is completely unchecked. Like, Nick Saban will always have a good team mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't have to do shit for recruiting, really. I mean, he obviously, like, don't get me wrong, the man can recruit and has done a very good job recruiting in the past. But at this point, he can just coast this shit. Yeah, there's. And he shows up to people's houses and they're like, "Hey, you're gonna play for Alabama," and they're like, "All right, I guess I'm playing for Alabama." Fucking sweet. I'm in. A, I'm going to Alabama. <laughs> well, that's the difference between recruiting and scouting. I mean, Nick Saban's staff, holy shit, like incredibly deep knowledge of every single fucking high school prospect out there and yeah. what player we need for our offense and how can we go about getting him and like. Oh yeah, God. Have you have you seen their linebackers? Oh my gosh, it's insane! They're so they, like they look. They all look like safeties. That's They're so big and fast, and it's insane. That's like, how he beats the spread. He's got 
the most badass linebacking career in the fucking world. From the get-go. And he gets it because he knows, like, that's what we were talking about the last time we all spoke, was, like, he gets his team, and he's, set, he's one of those coaches that sets the trend for the rest of college football. Like, mm-hmm. so he scouts, he gets the talent that he needs, he sees he sees what the NFL is doing 100%. He understands where the NFL is going in the next five or six years. So he gets the guys that are going to be, A, wanted by the NFL, and B, creating this new style of offense that's going to feed into that to where every other program needs to pick up that slack. And then every other program yeah. starts recruiting, and they're like, how can we – like, how do you beat those teams? How do you do that? Well, okay, you have – Teams are like, let's try and be a little different and run a different offense and we'll try and do this. And so they try and recruit certain types of players, but their best talent probably might not even be somebody in their recruiting strength. And then you have to like go be like, oh, let's get a head coach that might be able to recruit this specific type of player or in this specific area that turns out these sorts of things because we're looking for this specific offense. And then it just gets completely mired and you have your coaching carousel, which by the way, (laughs) by Todd Graham. (laughs) <laughs> um, bye Todd Graham yeah, but did you see the uh, report on who could be heading to ASU are we still talking Kevin Sumlin no re- I'm looking at the headline right here reports Irm Edwards in line to replace Todd Graham what? as ASU's <laughs> That's next the actual motherfucker up you're kidding me no, right now former what? NFL coach and current ESPN analyst Herm Edwards <laughs> is in line to become Arizona State's next coach Pending approval of the university president, according to multiple reports. Oh that's, my god, you're lying to me right now. What? That's delicious. That's actually great. <laughs> I've been staring at it for like 15 minutes, just waiting for a way to get it in. <laughs> Aren't you so glad that my segue hey. was so great? Okay, hold on. Let's back this up. First of all, I am ashamed of myself for not knowing this. Did this break today? I'm, I'm looking. It's the number yes. one headline on NCAF News. It broke on, six uh, hours Michigan. ago. According to sundevilsource.com. Oh, fucking Chris Cartman. Wow. If Michael Crow approved. Michael Crow, why would. What? Yeah, so that's a. (laughs) That's interesting. Actually, no, this this makes sense now that I read this Arizona Central. Because I forgot that Edwards was an advisor for Ray Anderson when Anderson was in an NFL executive. Anderson was, uh, Ray Anderson, our AD, was his agent. Hmm. Interesting tie, I guess. Wow, yeah. Um, Speaks to the close relationship between the two longtime friends. When Anderson was an agent before working as an NFL executive, he represented Edwards. Hmm. Uh. Edwards never yeah. was a head coach on the college level and hasn't coached since 2008. <laughs> 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 well, I'm excited. Oh, my God. Which, which pretty much means you shouldn't be. <laughs> you, you realize we're going to have we're going to have Herm Edwards uh, and Chip uh, Kelly, Chip Kelly joining mm-hmm. the uh, Pac-12 again. I can't stop laughing. This is like, this is always my knee jerk reaction to whenever something is so fucking ludicrous. <laughs> you know, you know, it'd actually be less ludicrous as a, of a coaching decision if you guys hired ludicrous. 
in a recent turn of events, Ray Anderson also represented Ludacris mm. on the NFL circuit. <laughs> Why? Luda. Why? Yeah. That, that coaching carousel is um, pretty interesting. You got, what was it, Joe Moorhead to Mississippi State, Dan Mullen to uh, Florida. That Greg Shano to Tennessee and then out of Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah. In less, than, <laughs> in less than a day. Wow. Yeah. That was a shit show. That was fucking hilarious. Before we, because before we, I'm sure you guys have something to say on that, before we go there, um, other headline that I see here, Florida State University fan kicked out of Jimbo Fisher's radio show audience for questioning coach's loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I wish I had that real power in real life. The oh, fans yeah, told of- Fisher he used to love the coach's enthusiasm for the Seminoles. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, well, you guys fucking shit on him all last year. <laughs> and the even the year that they lost the Rose Bowl. Like, yeah. They, People were keying like the players' cars and shit. Like that is such a shitty fan base when they start to lose. Honestly, but, Florida State fans are terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember many many moons ago, uh, I was on a on a forum and there was a Florida State fan in there that said, uh, "Why does Oregon think they even stand a chance in this game? Florida State is a storied program." Oh with my God. the best quarterback in the nation, and all they have is a uh, – was it? They, they, they said he was a system quarterback. Look, I am surprised that a Florida State <laughs> fan was able to navigate onto the internet more than just going to Pornhub. <laughs> so the fact that he was able to put together at least like one coherent sentence, I this think he get some props. <laughs> this ain't I wish real. I... She don't even look like his sister. <laughs> 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 I wish I still had that guy's information. I, I would I would put him on blast right now because oh, there was I nothing mean, more vindicating than that Rose Bowl win. I yeah, mean, we went I'm on sure to lose you, the title, but oh my god! I'm sure you saying that already encompasses 90 percent of Florida State fans, so they're all <laughs> technically on blast. Yeah, like and he presented it as like I don't mean this in an offensive way or anything, but why does Oregon think they even stand a chance? Like the most disrespectful thing you could say, but I don't even. I don't even mean it as an insult. I I don't even I just don't understand why they like think they have a chance against us. We're the best team ever. I don't think they're stupid. I just don't think they possess brains. (laughs) 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 What was that one? What was that one from AJP? I have no idea. To call you shallow would be an insult to the ground. To the ground floor. Oh, that's a fucking good one. Oh man, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. That fan base has has something else coming. They always do. But yeah, I, I'm just uh, I'm really excited for Jimbo to be in College Station and uh, see what he can do with the Aggies. So that that'll be interesting. What what else is happening in the the coach? Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't actually get to talk about it. Tennessee with Craig Schiano. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The so, power of the fan base and the boosters. Oh my god! I'm seeing mixed reports though. Did he actually do anything? Um, he was. I know he was getting mad, and he's saying that they owe him uh, compensation for pulling out of their deal, but they didn't really sign anything. So technically, they don't owe him, but they really do. Because I mean, like they they hired him, they announced it as the hire, and then 
you know, the fans think that they, they were the ones who did it, you know, because they went and painted the rock and it said, uh, Greg Schiano helped cover up molestation or whatever, you know. Oh. But really, the I don't think the program could give a damn about that. I think what really scared the program is that a lot of the boosters said that they were going to pull their funding if they hired Greg Schiano. Because that's what really speaks is money. They could give a damn about what the fan base actually says as long as they're getting paid. Hmm. But as soon as the fan, as soon as the boosters started threatening, then they're like, "Oh, we were kidding. Well, we I mean, want to hire somebody else. T. Martin, well, get over here." I'm not gonna lie. I mean, the fact that they even went with Greg Schiano, like, I I know that he's like the not the greatest person to work with. He's not really a friendly human being, right? <laughs> like, for lack of a better term, um. He what what remind me? Okay, I'm trying to remember his coaching history because he was at Rutgers, right? I think so. the The concern the concern that everyone's got is uh, in 1990 to 1995, he was an assistant coach for Penn State University. Back, you know what happened. You 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 know what happened. You know what happened back then. And then now we were going to be discreet about that. (laughs) Oh, no. Now there is a test. There is a testimony out there uh, in which somebody, uh, I forget, one of the one, some assistant or something, go McQuarrie, I think was his name, goes and talks to somebody in charge. I don't remember who, and says, "Hey, I saw what's his name. I saw Sandusky diddling kids or doing something with a kid in the in the locker room." Yeah. And the guy said that this was not the first time that that had come up. And McQuarrie claims that one of the people that he mentioned was that Shiano uh, had, had come to him before white as a ghost or pale as a ghost or something like that. And, you know, said that he'd seen something in the 80s and that nothing had ever come up with it. So in secondhand hearsay, which I'm not saying is wrong, I'm just saying that it could be wrong. It, 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 yeah, it's unsubstantiated. It's, it's somebody hearing from somebody else that somebody had come and said something to him. Well, and the thing that, and that, like, and that was that was twenty years ago that he would have heard that Shiano said that, and even then that was a ten year old story. Yeah, there is definitely room for error, and yes, that he has no reason to lie about it. So there is that, but it, it, there's also that possibility because everyone thinks that your brain works like a computer, like you remember something and that's how it was, but it's not really the case. Uh, yeah. Our brains are a lot more complex and more <clears throat> lucid than that. We might think we remember something, but it's not really the way it happened. Hey, you said so, this last week. <laughs> but did he? Yeah, I think. No, who who I can know. remember? I'm sure I can. It's, uh. a, it's an important thing when you're looking at testimonies like this. Yeah. And again, he could be entirely right. And I'm not trying yeah. to defend Greg Schiano. I'm just trying to give him that benefit of a doubt that maybe he didn't cover up molestation. Because that's a very like big claim to yeah. just go on somebody's secondhand hearsay, right? Well, like, I'm cur- I'm more curious about, I mean, yes, it was the secondhand hearsay. Yes, all of that is, you know, a completely valid argument. But A, like, you're still looking at him as a human being. Like, even nowadays, like, there were so many rumors, not rumors, but, like, pretty factual statements about how he was just, like, a total dick to so many people that he worked with. Like, he was very authoritative. He was very tyrannical. Like... Nobody really liked him. He was honestly just an asshole. And buy it. 
on top of that, you have all of this shit from Penn State. Like, mm-hmm. you have all this background. With yep. all of that, Tennessee still went through the hiring and interview process, talked to their biggest boosters of the program, because, yes, most of the boosters came out, but you have to know that, like, they at least went to one or two of those major Vols boosters and were like, hey, by the way, like, we know that you contribute a shit ton of this money. Like, what are you thinking? And they're just probably like, ha sure, why not? It looks great on paper, blah, blah, blah. Coaching records. Herped. Yeah. He's part of a winning program. Yeah, that's going to be great. And then they still, like, nobody vetted it and nobody sat back and thought twice to just be like, you know, this might not play off pretty well. Maybe we should, maybe we should hold off a little bit and, you know, at least, like, talk it over with some other people, maybe bring Butch into the office just for show, like... Maybe we should, you know, I don't know, mull this the fuck over. No, they just went straight to the fucking presses, like gun on the tr- like trigger with the fucking automatic on. And yeah. we're like, yo, Greg Schiano, new coach. And everybody was just like, what the Are fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, really? Like, no, yeah. Think this through at all? I don't think they've thought through their coaches for a very long time. Because no, like, here, here's the f- last coach because of the vet. Brady Hoke. Oh Christ! Uh, oh God, Butch Jones. Butch, yeah. Who's who's probably their best choice so out of all of these? Uh, but, Butch Jones, uh, Derek Dooley, adorable Derek Dooley. Uh, and then before Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, Phil Fulmer. Like they don't make good decisions at the head coaching position. And yes, Fulmer had some very good years. I'm, I I understand that, but. He's also had some very bad controversy, right? Like, so much of that program has just been muddled with terrible head coaching decisions. You'd think that one year they'd just be like, all right, we just need to go with someone safe. T. Martin is a knockout hire for them, right? Like, right. It's, it's the perfect one. There's nothing, there's nothing controversial about him. Uh, yes, he's, unpro- he's an alumni. Uh, he... He's got all of the right things. He's worked at a winning program. It's just an easy decision because it's not, it's not going to cause a big firestorm. Yeah. It, there's nothing funny about it. But <laughs> there's nothing that's that's, like you have this fan base that's been kind of fucked over for years now with their Tennessee's coaching decisions. I mean, mm. this is, this was honestly just like you had already soaked everything in kerosene like you were just waiting for a match to light it at this point. Yeah. And you you could have gone the safe route and maybe like I don't know, like dried it all out or like put it all under a tarp or something like that or at least like put it all in a barrel and lit it to where it was controlled. Like T Martin probably would have been that way they would be like, "Okay, that's fine. Like we're just going to burn it, whatever, fine." No, instead you just like fucking threw a stick of dynamite in the middle of it. <laughs> and how the fuck do you expect your fans to not react in this manner after the way that you've been running this program for years? No. Yeah. Your, your you know, I think it's it. really funny. Your is, tweet uh, on it is really funny. Which one? Your tweet. Greg Schiano proved that someone can be the university of Tennessee head coach shorter than Lane Kiffin. <laughs> 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 Thank you. That's an, that's an original. Holy right, yeah. That's sure. yeah great. Before this ends, I really want to get to Lane Kiffin's Twitter game. Yeah. Well, what I thought was funny too, just on that transitional note, is after they painted the rock saying Shiano helped cover it up child molestation, 
The next day they painted it and it said, uh, bring Lane home. <laughs> like that fan base crucified Lane Kiffin after he screwed them over to go to USC. And now they're like, can we please, can we just get Lane? <laughs> I know we hated him before, but we just had to endure Butch Jones, Brady Hope, and Greg Schiano. Please just give us Lane back. Oh, and Derek Dooley. So this is the perfect time to segue to Lane tweeting <laughs> out a picture earlier today. No caption. A picture with Kim Jong-un's face photoshopped onto his body in a Tennessee quarter zip. <laughs> saying, breaking news, Kim Jong-un has turned down the Tennessee job. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? That Lane is so- Kiffin. Official account tweeted this out. Here, I am going to No, I'm, I'm following him now. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah. His Twitter game has been so good lately. Um, there was another one earlier in the week where uh, he, he's saying, like, he's talking about, when they asked him about the Tennessee job, uh, he said that he when he came back from being late for a player meeting, he told his players that he was late because he just got off the phone with Tennessee. <laughs> I love him. Oh, man. Joey Freshwater. He is just so incredibly salty on his Twitter. (laughs) He's just kind of a salty guy. He, like, it's what gives him his edge, but. Regarding the Bring Lane Home spray paint, he says, (laughs) I flew to Knoxville there last night to do that. Why you were asleep? Thanks, (laughs) Knox. Now get back to third grade class. Your teacher just called. Uh, graduating person emoji, owl emoji, fire emoji, football emoji, bowling pin emoji, <laughs> at fine bomb, at ESPN. Rarely nice. used bowling pin emoji. Hey man, his team's going bowling. He just turned FAU into a bowl game team. I'm just, it's so, it's so terrible because like when I worked with him, he was like, he's a chauvinistic guy. He, <laughs> lame. I mean, it's lame. Joey Freshwater? Joey Freshwater, right. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I'm just like, you fucking go, Lane. Like, <laughs> you fucking tell him. His his Twitter is great right now. He, he retweeted uh, Darren McFadden saying that, now that I have some free time, I just realized that Razorback football needs a new head coach. Hit me up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. This I'm trying to, find, trying to find the one that I really, really... He loved from like a couple of days ago oh this one here he goes see and this is where i'm like please for the love of god i don't care if he doesn't write his own tweets in my brain he does and that's all that matters this was from two days ago the 27th as tennessee again finds itself engulfed in flames lane kiffin waits by his phone not waiting at all because that was the first sentence from this cbs sports yeah. story that he quoted he is not waiting at all, getting this team to ready to win its ninth straight against a great North Texas team. Come to the championship here in Boca Dennis at the FAU at ESPN. Oh, I like, and then fantastic. he responded to somebody who responded to him uh, at Seth Thompson sixty nine said, "Dad, please come home. I miss you." To which Lane <laughs> Kiffin responded, "No, that's funny. Are you eight now?" <laughs> oh, Lane. Uh, and then he tweets out prayers and meditations with the <laughs> caption, hope this helps anyone who's going through a rough time. Prayer hands emoji time too. Uh, Move over, goodness. Mike Leach. We're, we're a Lane Kiffin. 
<laughs> podcast now. Also, no, we still have to get our Mike Leach quote of the week. Uh, I found the one that I really wanted, though, where he had a still of Nick Saban doing that owl hand sign. <laughs> That's also like that trolling hand sign with the <laughs> caption, even the greatest coach of all time is owl in. <laughs> That's great. Um that that's just so that's just so Joey Freshwater. I love it. <laughs> I know. I, I think every week, in addition to a Mike Leach quote reading, we need to have a Lane Kiffin tweet reading. Uh, I, I feel like the Mike Leach quote is that fucking. Did, did you guys hear his uh, little talk about fa- family values or whatever the fuck it was? No. Talking talking about being married. Um, is this the one I, was I particularly of? loved the video of him and uh, Chris Peterson. Uh, during, I don't know if it was before the game or a half time. No, it was before the game where they're standing next to each other, just like shooting the shit, whatever. Mike Leach is eating a banana and it falls out of his mouth. And Chris Peterson just kind of stares at him like, what the fuck did you just do? And Mike Leach picks the banana up with a hand and shoves it back into his mouth as it's like, catches (laughs) it on his chest. And then just keeps talking to Chris Peterson as if nothing is wrong at all and wipes his hand on the ass of his jeans. That's just so both of them. <laughs> right. I did I did hear a fun stat that uh since Chris Peterson's gotten there, uh Mike Leach's offense has put up twenty eight points in total against uh Washington, and Washington's defense has put up twenty one points against uh Washington oh. State. <laughs> Sorry, no, I just found the, the quote, in the end, you'll wish you eloped. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Basic, okay, so in <clears> this, <throat> it's like a two-minute video. I sent it to you guys. I highly recommend it. But uh, he basically just goes on this whole rant and tirade about what it's like being married and all the ironies in it. The women lose their mind. Your fiancé's going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course my answer was I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or that 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 way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, So what color invitations? Um, All right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. Uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake, and it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you until uh after you're married there's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct and if you successfully uh, please a few of them the others will still be oh well i just don't feel like he's that interested yeah okay so so you need to work late 
go in the back room and read a lot of books. Uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. Uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. And uh, it, it's fantastic. Well, <laughs> Thanks. Ah, oh, so great. That's it's just it's just Mike Leach being Mike Leach. I also appreciate how the guy who asked the question is a reporter who's getting married in now. <laughs> I think it's tomorrow or something like that. Pretty soon. What yeah. like these reporters <laughs> know at this point? Like they just need to ask him the most ridiculous questions, and they're gonna get two minutes of fucking gold. Oh yeah. The easiest job in the world is being a, report, a sports reporter in Pullman, Washington, right? Like you show up there, you show up at Washington State after a game, and you can literally be like, hey, Mike Leach, if you had a boat, what would you name it? And you know he's going to give you five, two to five minutes of just fucking nonsense. But it's going to be so entertaining. Uh, like last week's presser, apparently somebody asked him about a turducken. And he went on about a one and a half minute rant about how he used to eat duck meat sandwiches every day. I believe that. <laughs> That's he fantastic. He just shoot the ducks where they used to live. I'm super jealous that I didn't get to watch any of Sports Jeopardy. I saw one question about Ed Hockley. Yep, zebras. Yep. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Ed Hockley, for a living, is a lawyer. Like, that dude just fucking loves rules. There's two <laughs> things that guy loves. He loves working out, and he loves rules. He loves Most enforcing cool. rules, and he loves... So bench pressing if the nfl starts actually employing full-time referees he's like i'm no i gotta hang it up <laughs> this is just my side gig right actually yeah wouldn't they i'm the best at it but this is just my side gig yeah i don't know the last time someone's been like terribly mad at so uh, saying, name a better ref than ed hockley uh you could just say name another ref and i wouldn't be able to well, yeah exactly yeah i was kind of banking on that but I was hoping that lot. instead it would look like I proved my point. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> shall we wrap it point. up and, and talk about next week's stuff? Yes, indeed. I do like that we managed to get through this entire thing without talking about uh, any football games in particular. Yeah, we just talked about the state of football. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Pittsburgh just beat Miami. We're like, eh, okay, whatever. But the fact that UCF isn't in is horse <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, four, four, four and seventeen beats number two. It's it happened again. Oh, ten, ten years later, the exact same situation. No, they're going four, four and seven. Pitt going up against the number two team in the nation. They beat him in the last game. Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, but I the was... fact that Scott Frost isn't going to a title game, horseshit. 